Welcome back to Bruin Success, the UCLA podcast of career stories and helpful strategies from alumni who work in diverse industries around the globe. Every Bruin has unique passions, interests, and experiences that have shaped their life path and career trajectory. This week's interview features Rafi Sands, who works in business development with Pano AI, a wildlife technology company using cameras and artificial intelligence to help communities better prepare for and respond to catastrophic wildfire events. Prior to Pano, Rafi was a consultant with Bain & Company with experience supporting C-suite strategy and operations across a range of sectors, including utilities, tech, and media and automotive. He's now an MBA candidate at Stanford Graduate School of Business, where he's exploring innovative ways to help communities better adapt to the challenges of the 21st century, including climate change and economic insecurity. Rafi graduated summa cum laude from UCLA in 2018. Welcome back, Bruins, to another episode of Bruins Success, our podcast here, where we will be talking with Rafi Sands about his career, education, and all things uh, the UCLA community. Thanks so much for being here, Rafi. Awesome to be here. Thanks for having me, Carolyn. Well, I will jump right in because you've got a really interesting background that I'm sure folks are going to want to hear about. Uh, We would love to know more about this professional trajectory you've created for yourself from undergraduate days studying economics and business to consulting roles and now currently at Pano, very cool company. Uh, Can you just give us sort of an overview of what everything has looked like for your career? Yeah, and I'll try and and, and keep it uh, quick here because I, I came to UCLA, I think like many students, not really knowing where I wanted to go um, and found that there were far more opportunities than I could uh, even even begin to digest. Uh, and I was kind of running around campus and going to the career career center events and club events and um, and just trying to see what what piqued my interest. Uh, and I was actually at an info session um, for Bain, which is a, a consulting firm early on in my junior year and and I to be totally honest, had very little knowledge of what consulting was at that point. Uh, and and these, these career center events, it can be a little bit intimidating at the end because they've got all the recruiters from the company standing around and there's like, you know, 15 students all trying to talk to the same person. Right. Uh, and I remember being there and I was like, I don't even understand the questions that the other students are asking about. Um, and at the time, you know, I've been working, getting involved a lot in student government and, and the UC Board of Regents. Uh, and I and I wanted to go into higher education and, and actually still do at some point in my life. Um, but I remember asking this recruiter, I said, hey, you know, is this a career path that could help me go into higher ed at some point? And, um, and I remember, you know, everyone looked at me like, no, this is a, you know, private sector consulting firm. Um, but it turned out that the person that I happened to ask that to said, actually, uh, yes, and I have a really great friend of mine who went to Cal and was student body president there, came to work at Bain, um, and actually left Bain to go work for the UC, the office of the president, um, in a really senior role under um, the CFO. Ended up getting connected with him, and, and that was kind of the beginning of um, a career path that took me into consulting at, at Bain, and then ultimately um, here to business school. But Anyway, I remember I remember that day very well because 
the learning for me was, you know, to just show up at these things and, and ask real questions that were on my mind and not be afraid that those recruiters or whoever was there would think, well, if you're asking that, you're probably not right to be at this job, right? <laughs> yes, no, we, we definitely want to encourage people. Thank you for saying that. Yes, no, I um, I actually think looking back, if I had done that at a lot more events and info sessions, um, who knows what else I would have discovered on campus. Well, so from that experience, I know from uh, looking into your background, you did end up interning at Bain. Yes, I did my junior year. There were five of us from UCLA um, all in a class together. It was a, a really awesome experience um, because uh, as a place to start your career, consulting gives you this professional um, toolkit to be able to tackle any any problem. And, and this is something that you'll hear a lot if you go to their, their recruiting events. Um, but it really was cool getting to jump in, um, you know, at the C-suite of, of, of really large uh, companies and organizations with, with big challenges um, that they had to help solve. For example, worked for a big automaker um, in L.A., uh, in an, a legacy old automaker, and, and we all know the space is being disrupted really quickly by companies like Tesla, uh, not just the product and, and the vehicle itself, but how you buy cars, where you buy them, how you get them serviced. Um, and that, that, you know, that presents a big challenge to a company like that of how do they change? And they bring in a consulting company like Bain to think through that. Um, and I'd say as a, you know, just out of undergrad, being able to work on problems like that and 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 make them uh, concrete and structured and, and an approach that um, will help the company move forward was really a great learning experience for me. So taking sort of a step back, I know you studied economics and business as an undergrad, and you know you've ended up now going after your MBA at Stanford. You know you have this interesting um, job at Pano. You've done consulting work for a number of years. Uh, what was the goal initially for you with uh, choosing choosing those majors? And did you sort of end up where you thought or were there, you know, other things that happened or ways that you were involved, uh, things that happened on campus that sort of pushed you in one direction or another? Obviously, just showing up and asking some good questions at that career fair really paid yeah. off. Uh, what else influenced you to sort of be where you are now? Yeah, so I was actually also a poli-sci major too, um, and had started initially as poli-sci and then added on uh, business economics as well. Um, but I spent, I had actually spent a lot more time on campus involved in, in government, public sector um, work. I spent a lot of time in D.C. Uh, and Sacramento doing advocacy work uh, on behalf of students at UCLA and, and, and the UC system more broadly. Um, and I, I kind of... Um, you know, I felt at the time that I, I knew that was the space I ultimately wanted to go into. Um, and, and my experience at time at UCLA really, uh, you know, gave me a, a sense of appreciation um, for the university um, and the, the UC system. Uh, but I also spent a lot of time talking to professors uh, and learning about what that career path looked like. You know, what does it mean to go to DC right out of college? Um, and the way that I thought about my career at that time was, uh, where do I, where might I, what type of person do I look up to who's 40, 50, 60 years old in their role right now? And then where were they when they were 25? 
I like that. Um, and one of one of the realizations I had at the time was that a lot of folks in in positions of of decision making in, in government um, had started their careers in business or law. Um, and that doesn't mean that you have to do that, but that realization got me thinking. Well, let me look at opportunities in that space. Um, and I came around to realizing that I'd love to spend the beginning part of my career building something um, and, and helping, um, you know, a company grow um, and, and, and use that to, to kind of um, find a pathway into government and public sector at some point. Um, considering all that, jumping sort of back to where you're at today, can you walk us through your experience considering graduate school and what led you to pursue your MBA specifically as opposed to other degrees? You just mentioned law. Yeah, yeah. And I can kind of mention also um, where I went after Bain because it, that kind of tied back to how I was thinking about government and public sector. Uh, I ended up joining a really early stage startup called Pano. I was the second employee. Um, we didn't have much of a product or a, a team yet, um, but we had an idea. Um, and that idea was really cool to me because it, it, it connected the dots between my experience at Bain and private sector consulting and what I had been doing at UCLA uh, and, and more involved in Sacramento and, um, and the policy world. And that was around wildfires. And the idea was uh, today, most wildfires are actually reported via 911 phone call. And there's a huge delay, a lag time between when firefighters hear about a new incident and when they can actually get the proper response uh, out in, in the field. Um, and the idea was if we can use technology, uh, including cameras, satellites, um, artificial intelligence to automatically detect new incidents, uh, help locate them uh, to, to, to um, precise lat-long coordinates, and then help provide rich intelligence so that our first responders can get out there quicker uh, and do their jobs more effectively. Uh, we can make a big difference in um, the wildfire crisis that all of us in California have experienced uh, to some degree. And so that was a really cool opportunity for me to, to still stay involved in private sector and, and work on uh, business strategy, business development, and, and growth for that company, while also starting to dip my toes a little bit back in uh, policy at the state level in California. Uh, we did a lot of work with fire agencies and doing work with, with fire agencies and utilities here in California. When you're building an early stage company, um, you need a, a sense of humility, right, where you're trying to uh, solve other folks' problems and, and build solutions that will uh, allow them to do their jobs better. Um, and so a lot of my work with Pano has been um, finding ways to connect with uh, end users and stakeholders, so firefighters, uh, folks who work at utilities like PG&E and Southern California Edison, okay. um, and really learning what their challenges are today when it comes to wildfire uh, situational awareness, detecting incidents, responding to incidents, um, and then coming back with prototypes uh, and mock-ups and, and, and getting to actually iterate on the product development uh, to see how this stuff uh, can actually help them do their jobs better. And so last summer, we actually ran our first pilots uh, with PG&E, um, with, a, with a big utility up in Portland, Oregon, um, and then also some fire agencies in Colorado and Montana. 
Um, and that was a really cool experience because this is such a new market and a new space uh, that has, you know, there's, there's a lot that needs to be done uh, when we're talking about wildfires. Uh, and so we're actually getting to test our product in the real world um, and, and measure results uh, both quantitatively and, and qualitatively, and then take that back and say, okay, what can we build on for next year? Uh, and how can we, how can we grow this, um, this company? Impressive. And something that we really need, sadly, in California, I've, I'm not a California native, but um, over the past 10 plus years, I've really seen the fires ravage different parts of this gorgeous state I now call home. Yeah. And I would also say that a lot of our uh, product was, was built on, you know, some of the academic research done, um, you know, within the UC system at UCLA and, and UC oh, wow. San Diego. Um, UC San Diego, there's a, a professor there that actually had helped pioneer the use of cameras uh, for wildfire uh, monitoring. Um, and so that, that's the other really cool piece of this for me is that uh, there's a role to play in, in, in the public sphere around research and development. And then there's also a role that, that private enterprise can play that I really felt, which is uh, we can potentially bring a solution to market quicker. We can iterate it, iterate on it faster. Um, then, you know, academics are much more focused on um, long-term research uh, on areas like this, but they both need to play together. And I actually think programs like Partnership UCLA are helping bridge that, that connection for students on campus. Well, thank you for that plug. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can I can really hear in what you're saying your appreciation for for research for higher education um, for the work that comes out of you know what professors are doing doing what they're when they're not in the classroom um, as someone who clearly believes in that who is making the investment currently back in school um, pursuing your MBA when were you feeling um, sort of pulled in different directions because it sounds like law would be really helpful with sort of the policymaking background, but you you have gone um, the MBA route. Can you tell us or provide some insight how you made that decision? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say that that the MBA is a, it's a really interesting graduate program uh, because, you know, there, there are a lot of folks that I think who, who do go for a specific concrete career pivot and they say, okay, I'm working in you know, accounting, and I want to go work in media and entertainment, and I don't see a path to be able to do that. Uh, I don't have the network, the connections, I don't know what's needed. I mean, they'll go to, you know, an MBA like at Anderson, where there's a heavy presence from, say, that industry, um, and they can use that program to help pivot. For me personally, that actually wasn't why I came to business school. Okay. Uh, I, I came to business school because I knew when I started working in consulting that this was going to be a great place to launch my career and start to build those foundational skills. But I also knew it wasn't where I wanted to end up. And one of the challenges that, that I think becomes very quickly apparent to folks out of undergrad when they start working uh, is that as you enter the, the so-called real world, um, you, you necessarily become more specialized. As you right. move forward, yeah. uh, you will end up spending time around people who are more and more like you. Uh, your world will become more homogenous. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But the challenge is, is that when you're working in a space like this, uh, it is 
it is you don't have as much opportunity, time, connections to be stepping back and looking at down at your life uh, from from 10,000 feet in the air uh, with a sense of perspective uh, and doing the the deeper soul searching type work to ask yourself uh, what gives you energy, what gives you meaning, how you want to be spending your days. And that was something that that I felt uh, at UCLA. I had this really uh, privileged opportunity to do because of the folks on campus and the, the, the programs and, and groups that I was a part of. Um, and I actually wanted another shot at that. <laughs> and business school was a chance for me to do that um, at a little bit later stage in my career where mm -hmm. I had now had some time working. Um, I had a, a sense of what work is like and what kinds of careers are out there, but I wanted to come back and I wanted to, really spend time around folks from all different career paths who've done all different kinds of things, uh, have, have deep conversations with them, um, and spend time, you know, asking myself those deep questions now that I've had a little bit more uh, time to, to um, get some real world experience. Great. Thanks for elaborating on that, giving us some, some background into that decision. Um, now that you've you know, you're at least a couple months into the program, you're, you've been working for a number of years. How do you think that MBA might strategically impact your career growth in the future? Are you already sort of making up, um, you know, devising a, a plan for yourself or is it more just exploratory time and then continuing to sort of bring in different elements of um, work that you enjoy doing or topics that you want to learn more about? What does this look like for the future? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I and you don't have back, to have a, a fully no, no, no. plan it's either. A great, it's a great question because I, I, I don't have a fully fleshed plan, but, I, um, but I'm okay with that. And I think back to a, a famous commencement speech that Steve Jobs gave at Stanford, where he talked about uh, this experience when he stayed at Reed College after he had dropped out and he audited this calligraphy course that he, he really enjoyed. And everyone at the time was like, why would you stay on campus? You're not even getting the degree and you're just going to this class that means nothing for your career. Uh, and for 10 years, that was true. And then 10 years later, uh, he ended up you know, playing around in the garage and wanted to build something that would bring fonts to the computer. Um, <laughs> and the point of this story he told was that you can't connect the dots uh, beforehand. Yeah. And so for me, my time in business school has really been about how can I wake up every morning and go to see, listen to speakers and get coffee with folks and go to classes that 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 make me curious, interested, engaged. And, and how can I soak that up as much as possible? And that requires a sense of pushing aside the urgent questions of what is my next job and what am I going to be doing, you know, this summer or, or next year? Um, because I think that, that those things will, will come no matter what, uh, but there aren't so many chances in life to, to really just um, follow curiosity and interest. And so that's how I've been thinking about the value of this. In addition to, I think you can build a really incredible network as part of a, um, an MBA program um, and so when those dots do start to connect later on in my career, I'll have folks that I can, you know, post a message on Slack or send an email to a group and there will guaranteed be someone who has worked in this space or done this thing before, or who can at least help me connect with other folks who have. Wow. I love that perspective, that sort of like 
strictly like you're here to learn, to connect, to be curious. It's almost like an academic adventure you're on right now. And I know a lot of people, when they think about graduate programs in whatever industry or field that they're in, oftentimes we all really go in with so much structure and these, these very linear paths forward. Um, and sometimes, you know, expectations that don't necessarily end up being part of our future. So I feel like you're really sharing a perspective that many of us, I think at some point have, but there's a lot of pressure to not think that way. There's a lot of pressure, I think in society and, and for generations that are either in school now, or will be considering school, or maybe are in graduate school to, to figure it all out and and know exactly where they're going and would love it if you could could share even a little bit more mm. about how you've been able to maintain that perspective at this point in your career, at this point in your life, at a school like Stanford, um, in a program, you know, an MBA program at Stanford, like this is, this is serious stuff we're talking about. And yet you have this really, really, and I, I mean, this is truly as a compliment, this like beautiful perspective, this free flowing perspective on, um, knowing that things will connect, but not putting pressure on yourself to figure that out in mm. the moment right now. How do you maintain that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that um, that framing. I don't think that it's easy, nor nor is is this something that you know I woke up one morning and was suddenly able to do. It's it's a constant challenge, yeah. uh, day in and day out. Um, and I spent a lot of time uh, doing meditation and and. Um, you know, things that can help me stay aware because one of the, one of the biggest challenges for me is how can I as much as possible follow my, my curiosity and my interest and trust that my heart will take me where I want to go and push aside following others (laughs) Uh, because it's really, really easy to go where the masses are going. Uh, even just a month ago, I got an email about what seemed like a cool opportunity at Google. Uh, and I clicked into it. And I was, you know, like reading about it. And, and then I remembered I don't want to work for a, a big <laughs> tech company. Um, and it's but but it was a subconscious thing that, you know, you think Google and everyone's, you know, it's a brand name. Uh, it's really, really easy to fall into the trap of, of following the masses. Um, and I think what has helped me is is taking time for uh, reflection um, and and thinking back to okay what have I done in the past week what 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 moments did I actually feel excited and interested <laughs> and there were times at UCLA where I just I remember walking back from class and the sun was going down and I you know the the halls of of uh, you know of of Royce were open and there was some speaker and I didn't even know who it was and there was some sign it seemed interesting and I decided to like peruse on in and those moments, like it's really hard to predict how those will come back to help you. Uh, but, but for me, they've made all the difference so far in, in my career choices. Sounds like you're really very much on a curiosity journey while having some, some uh, clear vision of what you're interested in and how you want to pursue the future. And I love that. That's, that's good advice for people to hear. We don't always get to hear it in the career world. Considering, you know, everything that you've shared so far now, um, there still are a lot of Bruins out there, whether they're undergrad students or, you know, somewhere in their career, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever it is, um, that are curious about the consulting world. And since that is a place that you professionally lived for 
some time. And it sounds like even, you know, still that's, that's a world, um, you know, with the, the political um, experience you've had. And I think the very like entrepreneurial work you're doing with Pano, um, what advice might you have for folks who want to pursue that or want to understand more about the skill sets that they'll um, need to, to function in those areas? Yeah, I think there's kind of a joke about consulting that people who go, people go work in consulting to delay their career decision, <laughs> um, which there's, there is some, some grain of truth to that, but you know, in that I do think consulting is one of the few first jobs you can get out of college that actually opens more doors for you when you decide you're done with it than when you graduated college. Um, and that goes back to my point earlier about specialization, which is that if you go, you know, to work, say, for, you know, an aerospace defense company and each year you get more and more specialized in that industry, it becomes more challenging, right? If you decide that you want to do something different. Um, and so I think consulting is a, is a really great place to build a core skill skill set um, around how to tackle complex problems break them down, a structure and approach, and ultimately come to a solution in a really short period of time. And when I went to the info sessions and then ended up um, getting involved with Sharp Fellows at UCLA and the Undergraduate Business Society, uh, I, I started doing the case prep because they have these special kind of interviews for consulting, nice. right, where they give you a, a case question. Um, and I actually found that, that the, the, the case uh, interview was quite fun <laughs> that they'd give you a, a problem to solve um, that could be you know it, it could be as broad as imagine you're the chancellor of UCLA and you need to build new housing for students um, you know where should you put it and who should you house right and those and thinking about okay this is a really broad problem and I have no background in <laughs> real estate or development how would I approach this and coming up with actually a structured methodology to, to think through that, um, it felt like a really engaging uh, process. And so I would advise folks that even if you're not sure that consulting is for you, um, try doing some case interviews. They're really, really helpful no matter what career you wanna go into because they will help you think about how to structure a solution uh, and break it down really quickly. And that will come in handy for any interviews uh, you end up doing. Great advice again, and cuts across all industries. So I appreciate you sharing that. Well, can I ask how did your time at UCLA influence your career trajectory, if you think that it did? Yes, I, I went to so many different events um, and, and was a part of so many different organizations and clubs um, from uh, the, the student government USAC to um, to Hillel. I wrote for the Daily Bruin for a little bit. I was involved in Greek life, uh, to, to stuff that was just for fun, like, like dance marathon. Um, and I, and I think one thing that I noticed, uh, in getting involved in all these different groups is that I found that at the beginning of, of my time as an undergraduate, you know, people were exploring and going to lots of different things, but very quickly groups started to settle. And I felt by my junior year at UCLA that, I was running around on a crazy schedule as a student, and I was going from bubble to bubble of different students that were heavily involved in each area. And I felt that the, the beauty of my experience at UCLA that I appreciate most looking back 
now years later was the intersection and actually crossing over uh, the different lines of these bubbles uh, of and pockets of students and organizations on campus. Because what happened was that when I went from one bubble in one circle to another, I came in with, with a sense of perspective that, mm -hmm. that changed how I was able to appreciate uh, the other bubble. So for example, going from you know, the undergraduate business society, um, you know, really focused on helping folks get jobs in, in finance and consulting, uh, to going to see you know, Kamala Harris speak on campus. Um, and most of the students there were interested in, in careers in government and politics. And I was able to, to partake in that event. I remember seeing her speak in, in Ackerman um, through a lens that I don't think I would have been able to do had I only been involved in, in, in government and politics stuff on campus. Are you feeling like you're benefiting from that same sort of crossover experience being a student now and also working? I mean, some folks would say like, oh, I don't, I don't wanna be working while I'm pursuing my MBA. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to do as you, once you leave campus. Um, and it's in part why I'm back on campus now at, at Stanford, um, trying to absorb, you know, different perspectives and experiences at the same time. Um, but it, it has certainly made, I think, my day-to-day -day and my life richer and more engaging. And I think that if we can find ways as a society to help folks do this while they're working, uh, that will that will really help people find, I believe, more meaningful career opportunities. Yeah, I would agree. There's there's lots of studies, research absolutely points to pursuing anything that at your core feels like a passion, a true interest, leaning into that as opposed to trying to work in a field that you're not quite, um, you know, your heart's not in it. Folks are definitely not as happy. So I think that's good advice. Speaking, speaking along that line, how have you defined success for yourself? How are you going to define it in the future? Has that evolved? Yeah, <laughs> um, it, it very much is what I've, what I've kind of shared, which is, am I waking up and am I finding uh, meaning and, and feeling engaged with, with how I'm spending my days? Um, and I broke that down into a few different, few different areas when I was first thinking about job options at UCLA um, and the, the different things that I was thinking about was one, do I believe in the product service or, or end output of what this organization or company is creating? Okay. Number two, do I feel like I'll be playing a meaningful role in the creation of that end output? Number yep. three, will I enjoy the people I'm working around in, in creating this this product or service. That's, that's a key. <laughs> Very important. Um, and number four, will I appreciate, enjoy the, the actual activities that I'm doing to create this output, right? Yep. Um, and I, I quickly realized that there's, there were different job options that, that hit on a couple of these, but not the others. Sure. Um, and that figuring out which of these matter most and what's the right balance of these four different things was uh, not, an, not an easy thing to do and actually will take many years uh, and something I'm still working on on now, but I kind of approach each new opportunity and each new job um, through the lens of of how am I learning more about these um, these different factors in in what makes a meaningful career to me, and then with each job, can I iterate and improve a little bit better uh, from the last? 
I really like hearing this holistic approach you have to your career. I think it's a great way to build a path forward and probably sometimes maybe a little better for our mental health these days as we think about all these different factors that contribute to our happiness and what is ultimately, you know, our success and our life. You know, we spend so much time at work, so this is a huge part of our life. A couple minutes for some rapid fire questions as well. Some fun ones in here. Um, can you tell us and share about a great book, article, show, any type of, you know, media that you've consumed recently that you're really enjoying? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I just finished this book called Electrify by Saul Griffith. Um, and it's, I think it's tagline, an optimist, an optimist playbook for tackling climate change. Um, but it was really cool because it was one of the first pieces I've read that's that's on climate change that is less about here's how bad the problem is and how we're doomed and more about here is a real world solution uh, and that that will work and here's what we need to do to achieve that. Um, so that was a that was a cool read for sure. I love someone who's actually offering a solution to these big hairy problems that we're constantly hearing about. So definitely appreciate that. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep that book in mind. What about a favorite place on campus? Well, I spent a lot of time in Kirkhoff. <laughs> um, I had, when, I, when I was in USAC, I had an office on the third floor of Kirkhoff. And I remember spending like until sometimes two or three in the morning. Uh, and we were planning out um, strategy around how we could, um, you know, pressure the state to better fund uh, the university and, and also some advocacy work um, at the federal level, but it's, it just still has such a, a warm place in my heart because um, Kirkhoff Hall is like, was where all the magic happened. I think I had coffee out on the patio there probably three or four times a week. Anytime I met someone that was, seemed interesting to me or want to talk about, was, I just had a standing coffee pretty much at Kirkhoff. I love that. I can, I can picture it all as you're describing it. Very nice. <laughs> and then a final question, a favorite UCLA memory. I feel like you, you sort of just went down memory lane um, where you, you thought about a place. <laughs> can you narrow it down to a top memory that you have on campus? Top, top memories on campus. Um, I mean, I think the experience that left the greatest impact on me was running for USAC. Um, it was it was a, a time in my life that, you know, an experience that was really challenging. Um, and I would say it was one of the first um, it was one of the first things I did in my life where I didn't think I could actually do it. <laughs> uh, my I, I remember running and the campaign was a lot more sophisticated than a lot of folks would guess for okay. uh, student government. But the election I ran and there were I think there were 11000 students who voted which is larger than the number of people who vote in a lot of mayor races or, yeah. or city council races. <laughs> um, and it was, it was brutally competitive. The campaign, we were campaigning for months, um, having to meet, you know, I think I met like 20 or 25 students a day um, at, the, at the peak of the campaign. Wow. And it was, and every day was kind of a relentless getting up and getting out there and talking to folks and learning about their experience and, and, and what challenges they face as a student. Um, and I remember when the results came out, I ended up winning that election by 96 votes, which was half a percentage point out of 11,000. 
Um, and I was, I was exhausted. I had, I don't think I've been that tired since in my life because I knew that had I taken one day off, uh, from that campaign, um, I, I wouldn't have been able to pull it off. And, the and so like, that. yeah, exactly. But, you know, thinking back, I'm like, this is a, you know, your time on campus is, is probably the lowest risk space you have that where you can, you know, fail miserably at anything and, and get right back up and it, and it doesn't matter. Um, and, and I felt that the, the times I had at UCLA where I went for something that I really didn't think I could, could pull off. And some of them I did like this one and others I didn't. Those were by far the, the most rewarding rewarding parts of my time at, at UCLA. I love that. What a great note to end on is just don't be afraid to fail. That is spectacular advice in career, in life, in any pursuit. So thank you for just sort of wrapping this up for me. <laughs> oh, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Carolyn. Thanks, Rafi. We've really appreciated hearing about your career and look forward to seeing what else you'll do in the future. I'd love to stay connected with you and go Bruins. Go Bruins. Thank you for joining us for our interview with Rafi Sands. As part of the podcast, we share a career tip at the end of each episode. This episode's tip is from alumni Liz Connolly. She says, make sure your next role allows you to do more of what energizes you by auditing your energy. During an average work week, at the end of each day, write down your daily tasks and projects, and then note whether you felt energized or drained by that responsibility. At the end of the week, observe the trends and plan accordingly for your next job. Thanks, Liz. If you have a career tip of your own and would like to be featured on the podcast, you can email a voice memo or written tip to ace at support.ucla.edu. We look forward to highlighting your strategies for success with the Bruin community. Join us for more episodes in the coming weeks and follow us on the UCLA Alumni Career Engagement and UCLA Alumni Association Facebook and Instagram accounts. We'll put those in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Go Bruins.